The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're riding in your car with your family, and you see a massive UFO in the distance. But you're the only one who sees it, and no one believes you. But will they believe you when a gray breaks into your house? And then we take a trip around the world to discover a disturbing connection between unwanted children and killer ghosts. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. My day was actually quite rough, and I did something I don't normally do. It was such a rough day, and my back has been killing me, that I took a shot of vodka probably about 15 minutes ago. Well, it was actually more than a shot, and it was inside of a Diet Coke. So let's go ahead and get started with the episode. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't think I've ever... I've done the show with hangovers before, and I might have once done it with a buzz. So we'll see how this works, because right now I'm buzzing pretty hard. When you're on keto, alcohol actually hits you a lot harder, because your pancreas is functioning differently. Let's go ahead and get started here. Now, this first story I mentioned briefly yesterday, but we're going to go ahead and really delve into it today. The year is 1994. The place is Lapeer, Michigan. I always think it's so funny when people go, my hometown's in an episode. It's funny how many weird stories have happened in people's towns around the world and they're just completely unaware of it. But I can guarantee at least one listener either lives in Lapeer or knows of Lapeer. I didn't know about it, so I'm not one of those listeners. But someone's going to go, well, golly, that's where I live. I'm not saying everyone from Lapeer is Tom Sawyer, because I don't know anything about the town. It may be a completely urban city. It may be a suburb of affluent people. I don't know. Or it could be full of a bunch of Tom Sawyer clones. I don't know. Golly, they have a huge, their biggest import is single stalks of wheat so they can put between their teeth as they walk around. But anyways, in Lapeer, Michigan, in 1994, this kid tells this story. Well, he's an adult when he's telling the story, but this happened to him when he was a kid. I know that's confusing, but that's just the way I phrased it. An adult, let me back up here. This episode's already going off the rails. An adult tells a story about what happened to him in 1994 when he was younger. And that's important because the way people interact with adults and the way people interact with kids is completely different. For, for many reasons. One, kids are generally stupid. And two, kids are prone to making stuff up. But as an adult, he tells this story. His mom was driving him and a friend back from bowling. Which, now that I see my nose, the fact that the best thing they could do on a Saturday night was bowling really makes me think I'm I'm on point with the wheat stock imports. But anyways, so mom was driving this boy, this unnamed boy. We'll call him Tom. We'll just call him Tom because it fits. He's drive, She's driving, because he doesn't say his name. She's driving Tom and his friend Huck back from bowling, right? And they had another guy who they hung out with the bowling alley, but I'm not going to say his name. So anyways, otherwise this will get banned from YouTube. So Tom and Huck, and we'll just call him Jim, were all hanging out at the bowling alley. 
And so Tom and Huck are like, bye. And the mom's like, who's that? Who's your nice friend again? And they're like, we don't say his name in public, even in 1994. But anyways, the mom's like, well, that's, that's odd. So they all hop in their car. They hop in the mom's car. They're driving down the road. And he's looking out the window and there's a big empty field. And he sees in the, it's like dark. It's late at night. They're coming home from the bowling alley. He's looking out the window as they're driving by this big field. He sees a massive, well, actually what he sees is he sees all these lights. And his first instinct, he says, I thought a football game was being played out in the field. Like I thought it was a stadium game. It was that light out. But as I continue to look at it, I realized that it wasn't a football game. It was a giant triangle with lights on it. So he's seeing this triangle out there. Now he starts pointing it out. He's flipping out. He's like, mom, Huck, look. He's pointing out the window at this massive triangle and they don't respond to him. The mom is just staring straight ahead driving and Huck in the back seat is not making any motions, not looking, not making any any reference to this massive UFO that's out in this field. And then the vehicle just darts away super fast, which again is typical of UFOs. It just, you know, and after it leaves, he's, this is what happened. He's like, mom, Huck, look, look out the window. Come on, guys, look. Look, and they're not responding, and then it flies away, and he's like, look, look, you gotta look. And at that point, both the mom and Huck look out the window and see nothing at all. Almost like mid-sentence as he's imploring them to see what he's seen. After it zips away, then they're unfrozen, and they see nothing. And they start making fun of him. They're like, oh, Tom, always with the tall tales. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not making this up. I actually saw this massive UFO triangle flying out in the field. But since they didn't see it, they basically made fun of him until he got home. He said that he saw it two more times. Now, I'm a little iffy on that detail because it just says he said he saw it two more times. I don't know if he saw it two more times on the ride home, which if that's the case, then the UFO is just kind of being a dick. It's like flying around, keeps freezing his friends. He's, but Or it could be that he saw it two more times before this last event. But again... He says, I saw it two more times, but nobody else saw it. So I still imagine this UFO is a dick. Like, he's at high school. He's doing his homework. He looks out the window. UFO's just standing in the front yard. He's like, guys, look, look. The whole classroom's frozen. He's at prom. Everyone's taking prom photos. His day gets replaced with the giant triangle. He's like, guys, look, look. No one pays attention to him. At that point, the UFO is just kind of being a jerk because it keeps appearing in front of him and freezing everyone. No one else can see it. So either this UFO has is totally trolling this kid, or this kid has some sort of brain damage. He hallucinates triangles. But the story wraps up like this. So Tom goes over a, a while later. It doesn't tell us how long, but Tom goes over to Huck's house to have a sleepover. He's over at Huck's house. He's having a sleepover, and they're sleeping in Huck's basement. In the middle of the night, he wakes up. Something just startles him, and he comes out of a deep sleep. He sees the stairs leading into the basement. So he wakes up and he's able to have a clear view in the dark of the stairs that lead down to the dark basement. Now, I'm assuming they're not in a dark, super spooky Freddy Krueger basement, but technically all basements are super spooky Freddy Krueger basements. He's sitting there in the dark and he's looking at the stairway and he starts to hear something walking down the stairs. Huh? Not the most stealthy thing, not the most stealthy thing, but he hears it walking down the stairs. He looks up and he sees peering between the banister. So you know how you have a staircase and you have like the banister and then you have like the rungs in the middle. (laughs) You guys have seen staircases before. 
But in between the slats of the staircase, he see he hears something walking down the stairs, and he's looking. He can't really figure it out. Then he sees something holding onto two slats, and with his face pressed between banister thing. You know, the, the, I'm trying to build a visual, but I don't know the terminology. You've been to stairs before. You've seen stairs in your life. Imagine being a kid looking in the darkness and seeing someone peeking through the staircase. There's a gray alien just staring at him. Little three foot tall creature looking at him in the darkness. And then Tom is looking at this thing and he says, I see you. Which is an interesting thing that he said because he has had so many encounters with these vehicles. And he's constantly telling people he sees it and nobody believes him. But now he's face to face with this creature from another world. And he says it plain as day. He's finally stating it. I see you. And in that moment, the alien vanishes. Doesn't run up the stairs. Doesn't run down the stairs. Doesn't hide in the washing machine. Just blinks out of existence. Now that's where Tom's story ends. But I don't necessarily know if that's true. Because Tom saw the UFO and it zipped away and no one believed him. The UFO was able to appear in plain sight, went to his prom, took his virginity, and was able to deceive everyone that there was no UFO there. And when he looked at that alien, that gray, and said, I see you, and it vanished, did the alien go back to its mothership? Or... Did the alien finally figure out which human kept noticing it, moved out of his field of vision, moved out of his ability to see, and still followed that boy around, cloaked, hidden, out of sight, but always right behind him? Let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> that was creepy enough. Little gray alien, like as you're listening to this podcast, you're driving in your car, there's a little gray alien behind you. Just looking. And you turn around. He's not there. Or even better, if you're listening to this podcast in bed, God help you if you do. I know a couple of people do. I wouldn't even listen to this podcast in bed. You're listening to the podcast in bed, which you're laying on your stomach, so your back is to everything in the room. And while you're listening to it, you feel those large, black, emotionless eyes on you. Actually, maybe more than one gray alien is watching you right now. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Blame that one on the vodka shot. Blame that one on the vodka shot. Well, I just lost 50 subscribers because of that description. People are like, I'm not listening to your podcast anymore. Now you're intentionally scaring me, you jerk. So let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, if you thought that story had a grim ending, you have no idea what's coming up. None. And I will say this. This particular segment is quite insensitive. So I'll see you guys. I'll see a good chunk of you tomorrow once I start talking about this. Feel free to just skip ahead, whatever, move on till tomorrow. Because this episode, this gets a little dark here. We're going to travel around the world. We're going to look at some interesting cryptids, spirits, ghosts, what, whatever you want to call it. First off, we're going to start off, you know what? Because we're traveling all over the world, we haven't done that in a while. And because this is actually, if this isn't episode 250, I think it's like 249, it's close enough. Guys, it's back in action. Let's hop on board the Carpenter Copter. Get on, take your bags, get all your stuff, and 
You might want to carry a back brace and some knee braces, but go, yeah, put them on, strap them on, hop on the new improved Carpenter Copter, because we are going to use this brilliantly designed <laughs> device. It's actually just a helicopter. It's not space-age material or anything, but I might be overhyping it. Get on the copter. Just come on, get on, get on the copter. I'm not going to sell it anymore. Carpenter Copter is back in action. We have it repaired. We're ready to go. I actually meant to bring it back a couple episodes, but I forgot. I was going to do, I did some UFO episode and I was going to have that Carpenter Copter show up. Totally forgot. It was in my notes, but it's here now. It's here for the story of Ghost Babies. Now, <laughs> Ghost Babies is a quote unquote legitimate phenomenon. And you'll understand what I mean in a second. But if you have a problem with, uh, I, if you have a problem with infants like being left in the wood, everyone has a problem with infants being left in the wood. But if you have a problem with stories about babies being left in the wood, and again, everyone has a problem with it. I'm trying to figure out the best way to put a disclaimer on this. If you don't like stories of infants in peril, I'll see you tomorrow. But know that the Carpenter Copter is here. So when we mention in the later episodes, you're like, where'd that come from? It must have been the episode I skipped. The Ghost Baby episode. Hop in the Carpenter Copter. We are taking a trip to Scandinavia. Is that a place? Is that, Scandinavia is a is a f- like a language, right? I know it's a folklore system. Is that just the Nordic countries? Anyways, get in the Carpenter Copter, dude. We're going to Scandinavia. We're just flying around until we see a country called Scandinavia. You're like, dude, we're going to be flying around for an awful long time. I'm like, shut up. Just get inside. You're like, dude, didn't you just say you drank vodka? I'm all flying around. Okay, anyways. Carpenter Copters are going to probably crash this episode too, but we're going to Scandinavia. And in Scandinavia, we land. We eventually find it. It might actually be a real country and that bit didn't work at all, but we land and we meet these villagers and they're like, hey, <laughs> Why they're Rastafarians. We meet these villagers and they're like, hello, good travelers. Welcome to our <laughs> fictional country, or it may be true. I am Norvish. Hey, Norvish, how you doing? He's like, yeah, yeah, enough of the introduction. So Norvish tells us this story. So Norvish says, you guys can do whatever you want, but don't go for hikes alone. We're like, why not? He goes, because of the miling. The miling is what you got to look out for. I'm like, what's a miling? Norvish is like, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you take a seat by this fire. Because I smoke this alien marijuana and tell you the story of the miling. Now, the miling is also known as a utbird. An, an uh, utbird. Utbird. So, miling comes from an old Swedish word that means murder. So you're like, we're off to a good start. Some sort of murder ghost. But ut, this is where it starts to get dark. Utbird means that which is taken outside. So you would call garbage utbird. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I like saying it. But it means specifically the ghost. Imagine having a ghost. <laughs> now that I think about it, utbird means something to take outside, i.e. garbage. But this ghost is also called an utbird. <laughs> Imagine if you were a ghost and your name is just garbage. Trash. You have like a phantasm, you have a poltergeist, you have a specter, and then you just have trash. Trash ghost. That'd be the worst way to die. Even a garbage man would be like, this sucks. I don't know why gar- <laughs> I don't know why I assumed garbage men love trash. I'm, I think the alcohol's kicking in more now. Anyways, Utbird means thing that which is taken outside. And so the story is this. In Scandinavia, they have these folklorish legends that unbaptized children who die 
And that can include all sorts of stuff. More specifically, children who are left in the elements to die. It's been done all over the world. You have a baby that you don't want, you don't need, or has some sort of deformity. You would basically take it out into the middle of nowhere. Or actually just take it at three feet from your house and leave it there. And eventually it would die of cold, it would die of heat, it would die of wolves, a bear would eat it, a bunch of crows would carry it away, whatever. Now, oddly enough, it wasn't 100% fatal. Sometimes people would find it, sometimes animals would raise it, like Mowgli, so it can have a happy ending. But for the most part, the babies just died. So, dark episode here, dark episode. So, these spirits are dead, dead babies. They're the spirits of babies who specifically have been left in the woods or left anywhere outside, or inside, just neglecting babies is what I'm trying to say, or unbaptized babies who die. Now, the legend goes like this. These creatures in the Scandinavian regions, they will haunt the area where they died. So they're a huge problem for hikers and travelers and stuff like that, because if someone took their kid and left it in the woods and then bounced... And then a couple days later, it dies, or a couple hours later, it dies. Oh my god, this was so dark. And then a couple months later, you are hiking down the woods going, man, what a beautiful day. Look at those squirrels are hanging out, and they're playing chess, and look at birds are singing and making Cinderella's dress. That rhymes. And then there's like a dead baby 10 feet away from the trail. You're not going to know about it. So these things can haunt areas. They're not spooky, like graveyard hauntings or abandoned castles or mental asylums and stuff like that. They're just like landmines sitting in the middle of fields. So you're walking down the trail late at night, and you hear the sound of a crying baby. And you're like, that's weird. I'm in the middle of nowhere. There's no babies around. You check your pockets, and you don't have any babies. You didn't bring any babies with you. Where's that sound coming from? At that point, the myling jumps on your back and demands to be taken to a cemetery. It needs to go to hallowed ground to be buried, to be at peace. So you're like, whoa, chill, baby, chill, chill. Yeah, dude, I'll totally take you to a cemetery. No big deal. It sucks your parents left you out here. I will take you to a cemetery. Now, in a rational world, that's how it would work. The mylings, the oot birds, don't work like that. They jump on your back. They demand you take them to a cemetery. And almost as kind of the ultimate dick move, they don't let you take them there. That's where they want to go. But what happens is the closer you get to the cemetery, the closer you get to hallowed ground, like a churchyard or whatever, It gets heavier and heavier and heavier to the point where you imagine, okay, it will get so heavy, you will begin to sink into the earth. That's impossible. If a steamroller rolls you over, you don't sink into the earth. Like you just flatten. But anyways, so you're walking and you're like, yeah, dude, I'll take you to the cemetery. No problem. Just hops on your back. He's like, yeah, I guess that's a good way. I was going to put you in my pocket, but where all my other babies go. Anyways, you're walking to the cemetery, but the closer you get, the heavier he gets, to the point that very rarely do they get to the cemetery. Most of the time, travelers will collapse and die before they get there, or they'll be smushed into the earth. But sometimes they do get to the place where they're going, the myling hops off their back, (laughs) the dude's like, oh, thank God, man. Oh, my back. And the myling is now fine. It is now found hallowed ground and can be at peace. Also, if you can't make it to the cemetery and you don't get crushed, they just rip your throat out. So the creatures are quite vicious. Even though they are the victims of a horrible crime, they, they stop you from getting to where they order you to go. And if you don't get crushed or sink into the earth, they just rip your throat out. So that's the story of the Mylings or the Ootsbirds. Different names for different regions, but the same type of creature. But let's go ahead and hop back into the Carpenter Copter. 
And let's go to Germany. And you're like, Jason, are we just going to Germany so you can tell me another depressing story about abandoned kids? Kind of. Hop in the helicopter. Just get in. Just get in. We're going to Germany, and that is where we meet the the wider ganger. And in German, that means one who walks again. So it is either a reference to a zombie or just a lazy person who's always on the couch. And they're like, oh, look at the wider garden as you get up off the couch to go get some more Cheetos. And then you go back to the couch. But anyways, in general, it is a reference to a zombie. One who walks again. A dead person who has come back to life. And within the wider garner, there is a specific subset of it known as the offhawker. What's an offhawker, you ask? Well, good question. Good question. An offhawker, well, literally the name offhawker means leap upon. Because it jumps on people's backs. And you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. We have Scandinavian myths when this is a German creature. So fairly close. Maybe some cultural contamination. Both creatures jump on your back. But let, let's keep going here. The offhawker is a shapeshifter that can shapeshift into a werewolf or anything else. And when I read that, I thought, why would you want to shapeshift into anything other than a werewolf? The werewolf might be the most badass cryptid on the planet. A werewolf could take on 10 Bigfoots, no problem. I really don't think, outside of a god-level cryptid like the Groot Sling, which we covered in like episode 53 or something like that, I think the werewolf might actually be the most vicious of all cryptids. So this thing can become a werewolf, a houseplant, a telephone, Norvish, a carpenter copter, but why would you become anything other than a badass werewolf? I don't know. But this is the offhawker's MO. This is what they do. Late at night, when a lone traveler is walking through the woods, this creature will jump on your back, as the name says, offhawker, and demand you take it to hallowed ground. Well, that's kind of weird. Now, the regions are fairly close, but this creature will jump on your back and demand to be taken to hollowed ground. But as you get closer to the hollowed ground, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And if you didn't get crushed by the weight, it would rip your throat out. Now, the fact that we have two similar demons, cryptids, spirits, however you want to describe them, Within a Northern Europe is basically where both of these myths come from. You could say people from Germany went to Scandinavia. People from the Scandinavian countries went to Germany. Cultural contamination. Maybe. Most likely. Yes, you're right. The first one had to do with little babies. This one is just some sort of creature that likes to jump on people's backs. It's not connected to infants. So there's enough of a difference between those two. Maybe it's just an idea of people playing telephone with folklore and the myth grows. So are you trying to say because there was a similar myth in Germany and a similar myth in the Scandinavian countries that there's some reason to think that there really is some sort of spirit that hops on people's backs and they get heavier and heavier and heavier until they crush, until they're crushed. And if they're not crushed to death, they get their throats ripped off and they both want to go to hollowed ground. Are you trying to tell me there that this thing might be real Because you've made a connection between these two. Let's go to Japan. In Japan, there is a creature known as the Konaki Jiji. Which literally means old man crying. So you can talk all you want about cultural contamination and folklore between Germany and Scandinavia. 
because there is going to be a, a source of that. But when you're looking at folklore, we're looking at old, old stuff. And yes, you had Germany working with Norway. You had Germany, not working, they didn't have a business together, but the Germans and the Norwegians and the Swedish people and all that stuff, they knew each other from way, way back. They were bros. Back from when they were just a bunch of barbarians running around, I'm sure that there was cultural contamination. But when we look at similar time periods in Japan, this is what they tell us a Konaki Gigi is. It's a shapeshifter. But this one actually can only shift between two forms. No, one of them is not a werewolf. It can either become an old man who sounds like a baby when he cries, which is its natural form, actually. It's an old man who sounds like a baby when he cries. Or it can just be a baby. It can be it chooses between an old man who sounds like a baby or a baby. And to even make it even more weird, sometimes the old man has a baby face and sometimes the baby has an old man face. And I'll leave it up to you to decide which one is creepier. If you were walking down a city street and you turned down an alley, what would be creepier? Seeing a one-year-old baby with the face of an old man, like Benjamin Button, or an old man looking at you, but his face is perfectly smooth and round and he looks like... John Candy. He looks like a baby John Candy, but the rest of his body is like a 90-pound old, like, weak, frail man. I'll give you... You guys can decide which one's creepier. (laughs) I know half of my audience is like, who the hell's John Candy? It's a dated reference. I know. I know. Who's a new fat actor um, who looks young? Uh, What if you turn around the corner and you saw... Chris? I would say Chris Farley, but he always looked like he was on a bunch of drugs. He never looked like a baby. Who would you turn around... And I'm spending way too much time on this. But you turn around a corner and you see an old 90-pound man with the face of Melissa McCarthy. How's that? Melissa McCarthy. Sorry, Melissa. You've lost a lot of weight. I congratulate you on your weight loss. But Melissa McCarthy from that terrible television show she was on. That face on old man. That took way too long to describe. Anyways, so it's a shapeshifter. It become two things. An old man who sounds like a baby or a baby. And you're like, Jason, just get to the deal. Just tell me the tell me the creepy part. Okay, okay. Anyways, this is his M.O. In Japan, they have this legend. You walk in, you're a lone traveler walking through the woods. You hear the sound of a baby crying. You go and you pick up the baby. And if you don't, the baby just hops on your back. You don't have a choice. The baby then turns into an old man. And this one just crushes you immediately. He doesn't say... Take me to find peace. He doesn't go, take me to be buried. He just crushes you. The second he's on your back, the weight of him is so heavy, you get crushed into the earth. There's different versions of how a Konaki Gigi is created, but one of the versions is, if a baby is left in the wilderness to die, it becomes this vengeful spirit. I find it interesting that across the world, and you could say the first two were in Northern Europe, but I find it, and I'm sure there's more variations of it, They're all fairly specific. Let's look at the similarities between these things. They attack lone travelers. They use deception to get a hold of you. They either shapeshift. Well, they almost always shapeshift into something that you don't expect. They jump on your back and they all crush you. Now, you can say, like, there's not even that many similarities. There's more similarities between these three creatures and ghosts in general. Some ghosts float through walls. Some ghosts wear clothes, some ghosts you see, some ghosts you don't. Like, there's not a lot of similarities between ghosts overall. That's why they've had to categorize them, like poltergeists or phantasms or specters, like I was mentioning earlier. 
But you have these different legends of creatures around the world of something that disguises itself as something, jumps on your back, crushes you. Two of the versions, they tell you to take them to hallowed ground. Two other versions both basically state their babies left in the woods. And those are the two farthest apart. The Scandinavian one, we can take the Germany one and we can say, well, you're close enough to Scandinavia, we'll lump those together. But the Northern European one and the Japanese one still have enough similarities to make one think that at some point this phenomenon was real. That at some point in human history, there was some sort of vengeful spirit that would jump out of the woods, <laughs> jump on your back and kill you, and may have been related to an abandoned baby. Now, the skeptic in me says what's happening is people are finding lone travelers just <laughs> flat on the ground and they were having heart attacks. And they made up this story. But even if that's true, I find it weird that the story they made up in Northern Europe is the same story they made up in Japan. But all that being said, the truth of the matter is when we see similarities between these stories across the world, it does give it a hint of something real. And what's even more frightening, generally, infants around the world are considered the most precious thing. They are so innocent and untouched by the evils of the world. And you have what makes these stories scary is you have the families that are responsible for leaving these kids out in the wilderness unpunished. It is the lone traveler walking through the woods that basically triggers this vengeful spirit. It's not a creature that goes after and slowly takes down everyone who was mean to it. It gets you who had nothing to do with it, who doesn't even know it's there. It gets you and kills you for the simple mistake of walking by where it died. It may or may not be real, and to be honest, it most likely isn't. But that doesn't mean that when you're out hiking by yourself, you shouldn't be aware of what may be in the bushes just beyond the field of view. Because we live in a wicked world. And where you walk every single day, the roads you take, the alleys you stroll down, the woods you hike in to find peace, you don't really know what happened there before. Because the world can be very, very cruel. So when you think you're alone in the woods, and you think someone's watching you, just walk a little bit faster. Because what is watching you may be something that has long been forgotten in the mists of folklore. You may be able to avoid being found in the middle of the trail. The coroner's report suffered a heart attack. Very young for their age to have died like this. Couldn't breathe. Fell down. They're dead. When in reality, you made the simple mistake of walking past somebody else's sin. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Yeah.